Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 1st of October. Coming up, confusion over Boris Johnson's pledge for new hospital. We do just need to be cautious that it's Boris has made gaffes in the past. Murder investigation after body found in Dover. I think the, the residents there will need a lot of reassurance because it, it's such a shocking thing for that happening. Really nice location there. And huge rise in attacks on prison staff. We need to reduce pressure on prisons in Kent. The way we do that is we reduce the prison population and we make sure that there are enough staff to safely unlock the cell doors and get prisoners doing things. Kent Online News. There's been confusion today after the Prime Minister said a new hospital is going to be built in Kent. Boris Johnson's been recorded at a fringe event at the Conservative Party conference. Yes, we're going to invest in the South East of England. And yes, of course, we're putting money into hospitals. I'm delighted that Canterbury, uh, for instance, is going to be one of the 40 new hospitals we're building in the biggest program, the biggest program of hospital infrastructure investment for a generation. It's after the Health Secretary announced funding for new hospitals and refurbishments to existing ones at the weekend. But the news has come as a surprise to people in the city because it's not mentioned in a new list of hospital projects earmarked by the government. Harry's been chatting to Alex Lister, who's a Lib Dem councillor there. First thing I'll say, I mean, this, this announcement, if it is an announcement, is very welcome. Canterbury has been needing a new hospital for a number of years. However, unfortunately, I think we need, probably need to take this with a fairly healthy pinch of salt. Um, the, the, the decision on what happens to Canterbury Hospital is in the process of um, uh, going through a long-winded consultation process which has been delayed a number of times and I think the people of Margate and Ashford will probably have something to say about it if Boris Johnson bypasses uh, the, the legal process. There could be a judicial review or something. Do you think maybe that this could just be a case of maybe him just mis- misspeaking, maybe he's just getting his places muddled up? Because you say, you know, it's not, wasn't included in the list of new hospitals that the Department of Health put out themselves just earlier this year. I don't want to preempt any decision uh, or, or any announcement. Uh, I, I really, really hope this is the case. I Canterbury desperately needs a hospital. It's the right place for a hospital in, in East Kent. However, I would like to see more detail and I would like to... Um, have some corroboration before I break out the champagne. Because of course it's you know it is a key topic, particularly with a potential election coming up for any potential candidate about the you know about the hospital that could swing a few votes here or there. Absolutely, the hospital in Canterbury is the hot topic of uh, of the general election or local issues anyway. I mean Brexit is is, is a factor too. Um, so Canterbury, as I say, is definitely the place that a new hospital needs to go. That that's paramount. Uh, and I hope that this announcement uh, plays to that. However, we do just need to be cautious that it's, Boris has made gaffes in the past, um, and I think there might be some people within the local Conservative Party who maybe shop first and ask questions later. Well, Boris Johnson's also facing questions today over his plan for a new Brexit deal. The Prime Minister claims to have come up with a solution to the controversial Irish backstop and is due to present the idea to the European Union in the next few days. Leaked details suggesting customs checkpoints a few miles either side of the border have already been dismissed as a non-starter by Ireland. Meantime, with just 30 days until the UK's due to leave 
leave the EU. Bosses at the port of Dover insist they're ready for Brexit. Chief Exec Doug Bannister's been speaking about the importance of keeping goods flowing freely at a fringe event at the Tory party conference in Manchester. He said they've been working hard to ensure assets are ready, critical spare parts have been stocked and the right level of resources are in place. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, detectives have launched a murder investigation after a man's body was found in a graveyard in Dover. He was discovered in Cowgate Cemetery in Albany Place at around 7 this morning. Two people have been arrested on suspicion of murder. Joe's been speaking to councillor Edward Biggs from Dover District Council. Well, yes, absolute, absolute shock. It's just something like this doesn't happen in an area. You know, it's just a tragic thing and we, we really want to know what's happened there because it's just it's a really quiet area, that, that, that particular area, and everybody's just can't, can't work it out what, what's really happened there. It's also it's, it's such a shock to the community as well because just being there earlier, it's just a cul-de-sac, very quiet, lots of elderly residents in the area. They will take that as a, as a big shock and something that they're not really expecting on their doorstep at all. Oh yes, I mean that whole area is a really nice, pleasant, you know, tight community. Everybody knows it, everybody. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think the, the residents there will need a lot of reassurance because it, it's, it's, it's such a shocking thing for happening. In, you're right, in, in it's a really nice location there. It's, it's, it's a tragic thing. Um, in, uh, you just mentioned, picked up on a good point there about how um, residents will need that reassurance because they will be worried about us. Some I've spoken to earlier today, they, they talked about how... Uh, they were worried about going out in that sort of area at night now. Do you think they need those reassurances that Dover is a nice place to live, they shouldn't be having to be worried where they're living as such, but something like this is tragic to happen on the doorstep? Well certainly, I, I certainly think the police are doing a good job there and we've got a good community team at the council who, who, will, who will obviously be looking into this and seeing if, if the people need any support in that area. But I know, you know the community team is out there and, and we will, uh, I will be bringing that up the council and making sure that everybody's got any support if they are concerned about their safety in that area following this tragic event. Eleven people have been charged after more than 300 defibrillators were stolen from ambulances and buildings in Kent. The life-saving equipment was taken along with drugs between September 2016 and August 2017 in places like Thanet, Hermbay, Ashford, Chatham and Sheppey. The group of men and women are due in court next week. Police investigating an attack at a pub in Rochester at the weekend have made an arrest. A man is still in a serious condition in a London hospital after it happened at the Eagle Tavern in the High Street on Saturday night. A 22-year-old man from Chatham is being questioned on suspicion of causing GBH with intent. Figures show there's been a 73% rise in attacks on prison staff in Kent. According to the Ministry of Justice, there were a total of 547 assaults on prison officers across the county last year, compared to 315 in 2017. Swaleside had the highest number of reports. Ish has been getting reaction from Rob Priest, who works at the Howard League for Penal Reform. It's very concerning, and unfortunately it's in line with a national trend. We have been seeing, over the course of the last um, four or five years now, uh, ever-increasing numbers of um, assaults, not just on staff, but also on prisoners um, across England and Wales. And, and Kent, uh, as you will be aware, has a, a large number of, of, of prisons, um, you know, a higher concentration of prisons, I think, than almost any other county in the country. So we would expect to see um, you know, the national trend uh, playing out in Kent as well. Uh, I think there are several reasons why this is happening. Um, 
Firstly, we need to look at the prison population. There are more people in prison uh, in England and Wales than in any other country in Western Europe. And um, while the number of people in prison has remained quite steady at just over 80,000 uh, for a few years, we are seeing it start to, to rise quite significantly uh, in recent weeks and months, and that is concerning. Um, but we're also seeing a system that's working under tremendous pressure because of staff shortages. Um, in the middle part of the decade, there was a significant cut in prison budgets, and we saw a number of staff leave the service. The, the government has tried to uh, plug the gaps by embarking on a major recruitment drive, um, but it's very, very difficult to retain staff, and we are seeing prisons continuing to struggle uh, with staff shortages and um, with a large proportion of their workforce being very inexperienced from new recruits. Uh, and you mentioned there about sort of staff shortages, things like that. What do you make of then the, re- the response that the prison service gave then? They said that obviously the, the Prime Minister has committed an extra £100 million on security to crack down on crime in prisons. Do you, do you feel that's not enough then? Well, security measures are all well and good. You know, a few scanners... Uh, will will help, but they won't actually tackle the root cause of what is happening here. Um, My understanding is the security measures um, are largely to to clamp down on drugs in prison. Well, if you want to stop drugs being taken in prisons, you have to stop the demand for drugs being taken in prisons. Uh, And that means ensuring that prisons are properly resourced with enough staff and um, the right level of people being held in them so that you can provide a purposeful regime, purposeful activity. It means that people get time out of their cells to go to education, to training, uh, to work, uh, to get the skills that they will require uh, to find work on the outside when they come to be released. And what we're currently seeing, because of that combination of chronic overcrowding, we look at Elmley Prison, for instance, it's supposed to be holding a 1,000 people at most, at the end of last month, it was holding almost 1,200. Um, you know, that chronic level of overcrowding that we're seeing in jails across the country, that combined with staff shortages and inexperienced workforce, means that we have a restricted regime. It means we're seeing people locked inside their cells for up to 22 hours a day with nothing to do. Well, in those circumstances, it's perhaps unsurprising that people want access to drugs and other things to fill their time. So you can devote £100 million to tightening security, but it won't tackle the root cause of the problem, and it will come to um, the same uh, the, the, the same uh, end as everything else that's been tried in prisons while we continue to have chronic overcrowding uh, and staff shortages. So what we need to see are prison population brought down to a manageable level, and we need to see you know prisons with enough people working on the wings uh, properly um, properly trained, properly uh, resourced and backed up to, to, to make prisons as good as they can possibly be. And we need to think long and hard about whether everyone in prison actually needs to be there. Kent Online reports. More designer dogs than ever before are being abandoned in Kent, according to a leading charity. The RSPCA says it rescued 133 dogs in the county during 2018 and took more than 18,000 calls about suspected abuse or neglect. While Staffies are still the most rescued breeds, more crossbreeds like Puggles and Cockapoos are being dumped. Three men have been charged after police seized around £60,000 worth of cannabis from fabric 
Faversham and Herne Bay. Officers found sites being used to grow the Class B drug last Friday. Two 26-year-olds and a 31-year-old have been remanded in custody in a Jewett Crown Court later this month. A housing developers carried out urgent repairs on more than 20 new builds on an estate near Canterbury after the front of a property collapsed in the middle of the night. Emergency works were carried out on the house in Lyme's place in Upper Harbledown when it happened last month. Persimmon Homes have now confirmed it's checked all similar homes on the estate and addressed issues at 24 of them. Search and rescue teams in Kent are being given more powers to help people in crisis in what's thought to be the first initiative of its kind in the country. Specially trained volunteers have been based in the police control room over the last six months so they can respond to low-risk cases where there are concerns for someone's mental health. Stuart Baird from Kent Search and Rescue has been telling us more. Case R deals with the most serious missing people cases in Kent, um, which are escalated from the police each year. Around 10,000 people go missing missing and probably three or four hundred of those are turned into high-risk cases. We were looking at ways with Kent Police that we could intercept some of these cases in an earlier stage and stop them becoming a high-risk missing people. The trial's gone really well. We've spent six months um, just refining the process but Kent Search and Rescue have two managers in the force control room at weekends, bank holidays or in at any other high 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 demand periods and we have a number of patrols uh, out on the roads in Kent uh, able to to visit visit people uh, we identify uh, concern for welfare calls or uh, mental health uh, crisis incidents and uh, as long as they're classed as low risk we can send a patrol round to uh, talk to the people involved and see if we can intercept them the control room itself takes uh, takes uh, over a thousand calls, nine 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 calls every day. So it's quite a busy environment, and for volunteer teams in there, um, they've been welcomed, and the police have worked really, really closely with us to help identify these cases, which obviously have to be low risk. We're not police officers, and we're not expected to to take that role. But we can sometimes respond faster than a local uh, police team, and if we can resolve that instance, it means the the police are free to carry on with their other duties. We think this is a first in the country, um, and. It's it's been championed by Matthew Scott, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Kent. Matthew's actually the national lead for mental health across all the police and crime commissioners. Um, and we think this is actually a, a first and, and why we're very proud of how successful it's been in the first six months. We just wanted to make sure that we were doing the right thing and that it was actually helping the communities in Kent. And, and we've proved that. We've handled over 140 incidents in that six-month period. Um, and what we did notice is that over 50% of those were mental health related. Um, so we, we've seen this as a, as a huge success and um, we'd therefore like to continue it and see it as business as usual in Kent. All the crews that are going out have been trained specifically by both police, by the police and um, by search and rescue, um, and they've enhanced their skills in dealing with mental health crisis. Um, actually, get um, uh, lectured by the police negotiating team, which has been hugely uh, helpful. Uh, and they have some some very simple sort of uh, safety skills training as well to make sure that they're safe because they are dealing with with frontline incidents. Um, but actually, it's been very low risk, and this is about putting the 
the most appropriate resource in. If somebody is having a mental health crisis, then sometimes a police officer turning up at their home is not the, the right outcome, whereas search and rescue are a very different uh, support mechanism for them. A man's been charged with breaking into a chocolate-making business in Tunbridge Wells. The 32-year-old's also accused of burgling a number of cafes in the area over the past month. An ice park that was due to come to Maidstone this Christmas has been cancelled. There were plans for an ice rink, slide, Santa's Grotto and Dodgems on ice at Moat Park over the festive period. But bosses were concerned the equipment wouldn't arrive in time from Europe. Anyone who bought tickets has been given a refund. Meantime, Blue Waters confirmed it won't be holding a fireworks display this year. The shopping centre near Dartford will instead turn on Christmas lights in November. There'll also be a Santa's Grotto and ice rink. And finally today, a new Weatherspoons has opened in Medway. The railway pub on Station Road in Raynham has been empty since 2012, but over the last six months it's had a £2 million makeover. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.